Welcome to Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You, the podcast that focuses on Christians that are active in everyday life. Join in as we speak to everyone from successful business owners to educators to athletes about their faith and how it helps them reach out and revolutionize those around them to do the same. And now get ready to roar with your host, the voice of manifestation, John Fuller. Hey, Roar Nation, John Fuller here, and we are excited. I don't know if the word would be eccentric, but we are going to go for something crazy today. I'm excited because we are talking about kingdom business, uh, purpose, and how that all is going to look like. And I'm going to get to talk with my personal friend who I cannot wait to introduce you guys to, Jack Smith. Jack, you ready to roar, my friend? Yeah! Come on, Roar Nation. Come on, let's do this. So, Roar Nation, check this out. Jack, I got to meet, um, I think it's been over a year. I met in Dallas. I went to the Upper Room. Uh, Love those guys over there. I've met so many people out of the Upper Room in Dallas. We go visit sometimes. Uh, Jack was actually visiting at the time, and uh, we've stayed connected ever since. But Jack is a businessman we're going to dive into. Jack, I'm going to just let you introduce yourself to my audience of like who you are and what you do, brother. So the mic is yours, my friend. Wow, man. Thanks for having me. Honored. Stoked. So good to be here. Yeah. So Jack Smith out of Santa Barbara, California, about 90 miles north of Los Angeles. Did seven years in Dallas with uh, the boys at the upper room, boys and gals at the upper room. Um, Lifelong relationships were built. Uh, Jesus is moving in that place and really has, uh, has done so much for my life through the relationships, including John's that have been formed, uh, through, through my time in Dallas. So man, long, long and short, you know, I grew up, uh, in Northern California, not knowing one Christian, nobody. Wow. So, um, lived a lifestyle that was what, you know, somebody in the world would, would live if they have no idea who Jesus is, what he did for us and what it means to have a relationship with them and what that does for us as, as people, our hearts, our minds, our bodies. Um, so man, I ran wild at a very young age, got into a ton of trouble, did everything the wrong way. And, uh, <laughs> <Didn't> we all, <laughs> right. yeah, man. I mean, crazy, you know, in and out of jail for, uh, for everything, you know, it seemed like, so th- thank the Lord I came out of that season, but you know what, what happened kind of this, the beginning of, of this journey, um, in, in business and kingdom, really, I can attribute to uh, a friend of mine that wrote a big check when I was 23 years old. And he said, Hey buddy, we're getting in the mortgage business and you're running it. And so it was probably the worst thing for me at the time. But at 23, I had, I had 80 employees, bro. I don't know if, if I've told you that before. No, but that's 80, a handful. 80, 80 employees with no moral compass, no idea what to do. Um, you know, so with relationships. Just to screw that one up. I mean, it was, it was failure from, from the get go. Right. And so at that point in time in the mortgage business, they were printing money. Um, yeah. literally if you guys have ever seen the big short, that's a movie about kind of what happened in the mortgage crisis. And it's really a story of my life. Um, you know, I had five houses and, uh, you know, it was just it for my skill set and where I was in in life. It was, it was an absolute curse because, uh, I almost died, um, uh, because of it, because of the, you know, the amount of, of quote unquote wealth and just my lack of, of responsibility and knowledge of what to do with it. But when I was 25, um, I had an audible voice after, after a night, um, of just, you know, 
honestly being under the influence of, of several things, I woke up in bed, my heart was racing and I had this, this thing that was almost an audible voice said, you need to come to me or you're going to die. And, uh, again, you're I, thinking, I, am I still high? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, really, but, but there was something, you know, and I'm an Italian guy. And so I did go to go to Catholic church until I was seven years old. And man, I remember being in Catholic church and feeling the presence of God, just like I do today in worship. Um, so bless the Catholics, man. There's, I mean, there's a real reverence and honor of God and the Holy spirit still moves in those places. So, um, there was, there was this knowledge of always, always knowing that there was something else, but again, having no compass or idea of how to approach it. And so the next morning I call a buddy that I used to party with that I heard quote unquote found God. So I call him, we spend three hours talking in a Starbucks parking lot in his car. We pray and the Holy spirit falls, uh, for about three hours. We're stuck to the seats with just this joy, euphoria, this peace that I, you know, had really never experienced comes over me. Have you ever even heard, I mean, you use the term right now, Holy spirit. And for most of us, we know what that means. But at the time when you're sitting in your car, did you have any idea what was going on? No idea. No idea. My buddy was fairly new in the Lord too. He was about two years in into it. So this experience, it was actually crazy for him too, because he had never felt what we would call like the weight of God. Yeah. Um, that was so tangible and so, so amazing, um, man. And so I gave my life to Christ that night and drew a line in the sand and just every, turned everything around. I walked out of, of that job. I went in and, and talked to the owner of the company, the guy that I referenced who wrote that check. And I said, man, I, I got to go. Um, and I walked away and everyone said, Jack went nuts. You know, he left this um, ridiculous position at a, you know, I was 25 at, at this time. Um, well, he'll be back. Jack will be back. And man, I never came back. And so since then it's been a journey and I've been in kind of the finance space and the, and the real estate space in some form or fashion. Um, it's been 16 years now and that, that event was about 13 years ago, but now it's, it's now become a, an assignment and a mandate that's backed up by, by heaven. And so what I, what I really believe is happening right now, John, and, and all you out there, um, kind of started from a word that uh, a mutual friend of ours, Sean Bowles, uh, gave on a, on a talk I saw about three years ago. So Sean was talking, and forgive me, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, the Lord's releasing lands and buildings for kingdom purposes like never before to accomplish his heart in the earth, and it's happening now. And man, that same type of audible voice came inside again. Not audible, but it's just like this knowing without a shadow of a doubt, I knew, I knew that this was the Lord. And here's what he said. He's, he said, you're going to fund those projects. And I looked around and I went, wow. I mean, just this, this kind of like, almost like fear of the Lord as well came over me. Like that sounds like a, like an incredibly big task, but I'm going to, I was going to ask you, I'm going to interrupt you on some of this. I'm just curious, but what were you thinking? Cause at the time you didn't have access obviously to, that kind of money, correct? Man, I'm just doing kind of normal mortgages. I'm doing some outside the box things. I've got some creative uh, things that I'm dipping my toe into, but but no, okay, no access. Okay, so it's like it's like I mean I'm just thinking out loud, but it's like God telling Moses to go uh, deliver the people of Egypt, and he's like, um, I'm hearing my sandals on the side of the mountain. I don't have the resources. So, I mean, there's got to be like part of you. That's the, the vastness I love about God because it's like 
he's telling you to go do something that you know you can't do, but only through him. Man, you nailed, nailed it on the head. Absolutely. You know, it's like a, there's, there's no way that I can strategically put it together in my head on how this would come to pass. Um, you know, I, I, I've been running companies and I've, you know, done, done okay. But again, the, the level that we're talking about to, to, to fund lands and buildings, that's a whole nother level. I hadn't done any commercial uh, transactions what, whatsoever. And so, uh, interestingly enough, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well and I'm kind of the number one national producer for a private fund that just does kind of high end residential stuff. So here in Santa Barbara, like our average you know, home price is 1.5 million. So there's some, you know, there's some dough floating around, um, in that space, but still it's not commercial money or, or building money long and the short, the guy who was running that particular fund that I had done, you know, the business with calls me about, this is about two years ago now. And he says, Hey brother, I'm, 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 I've been kind of moved. I, I got a job with a family office. Uh, it's about a $4 billion fund. Um, this is going to be really, really good for you. Okay, Jack. And I said, I said, okay. And all of a sudden the word comes back into my, my head and heart, like, okay, may, maybe this is it. So I find out what's going on. And effectively, you know, it's, it's a family office that has $4 billion that they want to place in, in the next three years. And I'm one of just a few people that because of my, um, just, performance and friendship with the guy that I've done business with, all of a sudden I'm pretty much the only guy west of the Mississippi that, that has access to this fund. Um, and so now, man, I've, you know, the last year and a half, call it, I've been able to, to see some of this come to pass. And I feel like we're, we're just getting started. You know, Sean is prophesied and forgive me again, if I, if I'm wrong, I think like, like you might know better than me, John, like 64 buildings and lands and like 62 of them have come, come to pass. Wow. You know anything about that? I don't. I mean, I've, it's, I'm laughing right now because I literally have, have done a couple shows just before you and I've heard the Sean's name's been brought up several times. I'm just laughing just even thinking about that right now because that's not normal for a guest to get mentioned several times. Uh, plus, I've been on his show and stuff like that. So I'm just I'm giggling right now about it. We we love Sean. He's done, he's done amazing, uh, amazing things for for the body and man, his approach to the prophetic, I got to plug God secrets, man, has really helped me. Um, cause you know, the part that I did brush over is I married a, a missionary who was in Asia for, for seven years, you know, and we lead team mania projects, uh, you know, while they were still gone, we're, we're, we're really evangelists and ministers of the gospel that I happen to be, um, you know, in the business realm right now, but every day, all day, um, you know, it's an opportunity for me to share the love of, of Christ. And that's kind of my first and foremost endeavor and, and, and mission. So there's this, uh, now there's this assignment for the first time. Cause man, I've hated mortgage, um, my whole life. And so only recently, uh, since this assignment has come in all of a sudden, it's like purpose, alignment, um, fruit where, man, I, I, am not going to, you know, mention what's, what's gone on or who it's been for, but a lot of, a lot of people now have realized their, their dream through a, a building project, through a piece of land, through a property that the Lord gave to them and they couldn't figure out how to get it done. And over the last, you know, again, year and a half ish, I've, I've been able to come to the table with the solution, um, several, several times. And I can't tell you just how much I'm thankful to the Lord and how much it touches me to, to finally kind of be in this zone where, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm in business. 
but but man it's it's so much greater because i feel like the environment of heaven is now taking shape before my eyes and i i get to play a role in it so man i'm just grateful Hey everyone, I recently found an app that I want to share with you that I think would bless you. It's called Church Home. And what I really enjoy is the convenience of having great sermons, they have inspirational quick videos, and you have the ability to connect with other Christians all over the world. And what I love about Church Home is that it's not about excluding people and it's not about being perfect. It's about being together where everyone's welcome. So Church Home was started 25 years ago and they had the belief that church isn't so much about a place but about the people. And that was the thinking behind their new Church Home global app. It allows you to connect with people all around the world and have honest discussions, great meaningful relationships, and the coolest part is you can do it all from your phone. So with Church Home Global, you always have access to a positive space and a strong community of people. And I just want to invite you guys today to join me at the Church Home Global app. You can download it for free at Church Home Global app. It's available on the App Store or Google Play. And you can text UPLIFT to 555-888. That's Church Home. C-H-U-R-C-H-O-M-E Global. Again, it's available at the App Store or Google Play. Or you can text UPLIFT to 555-888. See you there. Hey, I want to back up. You made a comment uh, earlier to talk about when you got saved. You said you drew a line in the sand. I want to ask you about that because I, th- I feel like, I don't even feel, I know that is imperative in our Christian walk. I want you to talk about what the line in the sand looked like for you and how that changed your life. Man, um, you know, I was going to die, man. I was uh, doing every drug under the sun that wasn't, you know, coming through a needle. Um, I was, you know, drank just about every day of my life since I was 18 and, you know, started at 11. Um, you know, came from a, a, a fatherless home, you know, dad bounced when I was one. And uh, my mom was just this amazing woman who you know, I remember she was working two jobs, waiting tables, and I'd clean dental offices with her at, at night for a lot of years. And then she got a job at the state. But, uh, man, I was, uh, I was, I was absolutely on a, on a path of, of death. And when the Lord came into my life, man, I stopped it all. I stopped. I didn't touch alcohol for a year and a half, man. I had, you know, girlfriends. I, I stopped, you know, seeing them. I, uh, didn't touch it. Hadn't, haven't touched, you know, any type of drug. And, you know, since then, this is 13 years ago. And man, I made a commitment, um, to completely surrender my life. And when I did that, bro, the miracles of just daily, what we call daily coincidence, but the knowing uh, of the relationship and the closeness of, of Jesus became such a reality that man, that's that stuff just didn't hold any more value um, ever again, um, man. And so now it's, it's this journey that, that we get to have of knowing our father better and better every day. And then the line in the sand to me was just saying that was death. This is life. I choose life from here out. So not knowing anything, you get saved. You talk about uh, your friend uh, that you kind of got to talk to, but tell me a little bit about that journey because you and I are a lot alike in the sense that's how I grew up. I I wasn't fatherless, but 
I, I had a lot of issues, a lot of drug issues, things like that very early. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd have to give you my testimony. So it's just crazy. Um, drugs and alcohol and, and, uh, you talk about a line in the sand. I literally just said, I'm done. Uh, God, I, I, I don't know what this whole quote unquote Christian thing looks like, but I'm all in and I didn't even know what I was signing up for. Uh, I just knew I was like, well, if you say it, I'll do it type thing. And, uh, I'm just curious, like for you, what, not knowing anything, like what was your journey in that? Because when you draw that line in the sand, you don't know, do especially like when you have no reference point, right? Like nobody, you didn't have anybody to look back to or look up to or anything. You're just like, all right, God, whatever you want to do. I'm cool. Yeah. No, no. The, uh, so, I mean, I, I really owe it to my, to my buddy, shout out Richard Lester out in Lincoln, California. Um, man, he, he was a brother and that, that just will walk with me. He'd only gotten saved two and a half years prior, you know? And so he was very much learning, but, uh, Havila Covington's father is Francis Anfiso for all you that know Havila out of, out of Bethel. And so we were in, we were in their church. So Francis was a pastor, but, but rich man walked with me every day for, um, almost two years. You know, he was just, he, he was uncompromising. He was a friend and man, I had all the questions. I, I remember, um, I remember like my first prayer meeting that I went to when they, you know, they, they laid hands on me and they started praying for me. And this one lady and I said, I know Spanish and she's too Mexican. She starts praying in this language. And like, you're thinking this ain't Spanish. And I'm like, what's going on? So I asked him and he's like, yeah, she was speaking in tongues. And I was like, what the heck is that? You know, yeah. so things were like this uncovering of, of the, of the word of God and just, you know, kind of how the Holy spirit moved and, and just really, man, learning how to do life and relationship, uh, with the Lord at the center was, was a process, you know? Um, but man, it was, it was because of, uh, of that, uh, that disciple, uh, the, or that, uh, that discipleship mentor kind of guy that was my age that I had. So all you guys out there, man, there, there's, there's a John Fuller, there's a Jack Smith that's in your circle of influence that man, love on them, preach the gospel, and when they get saved, man, get next to them and don't leave them alone because you can have uh, just an amazing testimony of, of life if you, if you disciple. I think that's what we're called to. We're not, we're not called to make converts, we're called to make disciples. So I just encourage everybody, man, to look who's out there, who's the Lord calling you to, to, to grow up and raise up in, in, in his ways. Absolutely. Okay, so let's go back. Um... I want to go back to the point where you walk out of the mortgage company. You're doing that. You have 80 employees You give your life to the Lord, but somehow you stayed in mortgage. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. I'm just curious if you stayed into it because you enjoyed it and you liked it, or it's because it's all you knew and you knew there was money in it. So tell me about the, the process and the progress of leading up to kind of where you're at now. Sure. Yeah. The, I mean, the thing was, is that you hit it again on the head. It was just what I knew and you can make a lot of money at this time. You know, you're talking 2005. So that that's when you can get money on a handshake, dude. And I ain't lying. I remember walking into a bank, my very first house flip, I shook hands with my banker who I didn't even know. He said, how much is this property? And I, and I'm shooting numbers out. I don't totally remember. It was like 65,000. 
He said, I said, how much can I get? He said, I can, I think he gave me uh, 65 plus 10 to fix it up on a handshake and just said, bring me the contract. It's a done deal. I mean, dude, you can't even, you can't even come close to that anymore. Like that is unheard of. So that's funny. Yes. No, they want, they want your blood. They want your blood, your firstborn. I mean, seriously, it is, it's become a completely different game. Um, in, especially in the residential space. So yeah, man, I mean that, uh, but so back in the day it was like, all my my new christian friends i'm like hey guys you want to learn how to make some money let's go and so i hired like literally 12 christian guys that were around me and a couple of girls as well and just huddled up in an office and i started the u.s loan center is what we were called roseville california and man we did that until uh you know 2007 comes around and everyone thinks that the crash happened in in a way and it did but for us, it happened in 07 because all of a sudden it's like, nope, we can't do that loan. Nope, that product's gone. Nope, you can't fund this house. And so that was the, we were kind of the first domino to fall. Gotcha. Everything else. And so, um, man, I met this amazing missionary gal around that town, uh, around that time. And, uh, you know, when, when she met me, you know, I had a pretty, pretty decent cash flow and, and, and holdings and, you know, her, her folks were like, Oh, she's got one, you know, great. And well, we get married a, a year later and her relatives are calling me a con man and like, is this guy for real? I thought he had, cause I had lost everything. In oh yeah. <laughs> and so I think um, just about everybody did. Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. And I think again, it was just because it hadn't hit anyone, uh, yet. The, my yeah. domino fell first again and, and I got cleaned out probably about, you know, eight months prior to, to everybody else. But I had a kind of a saving grace to where when we were getting married in 2007, she was living in India and me in Northern California. And, um, I took a job, uh, in Newport beach with, uh, with her, um, yeah, just a, a relationship that, that we had Uh new brand new five series BMW, you know, quarter million dollar salary plus commissions. So we were going to be, we were going to be fine. So I get there and do my, my first day. And the Lord just says, you're supposed to go to Dallas and, and you know it. And I didn't have, we had nothing in the bank account. I mean, I think we had like three grand and some suitcases and man, she was crying and crying, and crying. We went to Dallas. Well, wait, with, time out, time out. So was she totally on board with this or wasn't sure? Or like she, she, she trusted me, man. She had seen okay. my walk. You know, she had seen my walk, even though I was very young in the Lord and she was, you know, a missionary. She, she trusted me. And so I, I, uh, man, I couldn't, I couldn't value her more for, for trusting me in that situation. So the night we land, um, Sean Foy and Michael Miller, who's the, the, the pastor at the upper room, were having a meeting and we told our story. We said, Hey, we came on and, and anyways, about half that room, um, are still some of my best friends today. Um, so three weeks later, after we make that, that crazy move, uh, the CEO of that company that I left in Newport beach got indicted and the company got shut down. Oh, thank um, you, Jesus. So praise God. And so I got some redemption there and there's been so many just um, amazing testimonies and stories like that one that uh, the hand of God has just been so good, um, in making what looks like stupid decisions in the natural oh, yeah. But he always honors it, man. If you're if you're trying to, even if you miss it, I believe that if your your heart is to completely surrender and honor the Lord, man, there's a grace on the miss. Even oh so. yeah, 
Uh, dude, I have a, uh, my whole life is a testimony to that one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So I'm just curious, like we always talk about on the show, some of my favorite stories are like, it can't be worse than this. And then like God comes through. So your 2007 story, I'm assuming is got to be one of those can't be worse than this. So like you lose everything and you got to start over, but like, what was your learning experience through that? Because, um, when you talk about 2007, we lost everything. I lost a multi-million dollar business, lost a house, uh, literally lost everything overnight. It was just devastating. And, um, and I, and I had to go for, I literally had to take a job making one third of what I was making and lost everything. So like I, it, when people talk about hardship, like I get it, but I can look back though. It was so humbling because, you know, when I think about it, had I made a lot of money at a young age, I think I would be so arrogant, so prideful. And what I love about God is, is he, it's not about the money, man. It's about the heart. And when our heart's right, other blessings and things can come in our life, but my heart wasn't right. So I'm yeah. thankful for that. But what was kind of your, couldn't be worse than this. And then you can look back and be, see what God did. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, when we came to Dallas, I, I worked for a company called Limecoat and my buddy, Michael Malden that I referenced earlier, man, we were just talking about, it, it was 105 degrees in, in Texas. And there was these 45 pound cement bags, it was <laughs> a stone coating company. And man, you know, I went, I went from that and I, I was the VP, but I still did, you know, hard labor, but I was making just a few grand a month and it was 110 in, in Dallas, you know, uh, this was 08 where in 08, I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was 08 where we almost had it. We had a hundred, hundred days at a hundred degrees and like the mini, the median was 105. And so we're in, you know, we're on a hundred percent humidity. Dude, crazy, crazy. So that, I mean, that, that was, that, that was, I guess in the natural low, but man, I was so alive during that season. So I guess what did I learn is, is probably key. But if you look at what Joseph, you know, did for the nation, when, when he was in, in rule or right, for Pharaoh, but man, he, he knew that there was going to be a time of famine. And so he tucked away for seven years and the nation was saved because of his wisdom. So as opposed to living in, you know, they were in abundance and they could have completely, um, and they could have wasted it. They could have spent it. And so I, you know, while I'm very, very free, um, generosity is most, you know, one of the most incredible gifts as believers that I get that we get to walk in, but man, I feel like there's a stewardship from that season of, of lashing that I never would have gotten if I didn't go through that. And I wouldn't have been, if I was broke, broken and, and had always experienced, you know, all the, the success, I never would have learned what I know now. And I feel like, Oh, I know for a fact that the Lord's going to be able to entrust me, you know? So if I, if I, you know, do have 10, 20, 50 million in, in the bank account, you know, it's going to go, to where he wants it to go. It's not going to go for the massive houses and everything like that. Sure. Am I going to enjoy life and are we going to have nice things? Absolutely. I live in Santa Barbara. You know, I mean, it's this place is insane. It's just gorgeous, but man, stewardship is, I feel like one of the most undervalued, um, yeah, things and, and, and concepts that I think as, as believers right now, and we got it, we got to get it because if we're wasteful, it, it's just not going to come. 
um, to the degree that it should. But if we, if we steward it, all of a sudden that, that talent will turn into 10 and that 10 can turn into, you know, 10 nations that you have authority over. So it's just key, man. And that's, that's, that's really been the biggest lesson. Jack, talk about stewardship. Like, what is that? what does that look like in your life and what do you, how do you feel like that carries over to believers? Cause I'm a big believer in stewardship. Man. Well, it's funny that you ask. We actually, you know, so we have a Wednesday night date night, my wife and I, where we go over the budget, we go over our expenditures and really we check in with each other's hearts and dreams every Wednesday we set it aside. And um, so to, to, to constantly be kind of auditing what, what we're doing um, it's just honoring. You take time and, and the Lord loves it. And so recently I've kind of, I brought in a CFO who's a great friend of mine. Who's one of, who is the most detailed person on the planet in my, in my world the guy is in you're just such a good steward. He's so um, shrewd in all of his dealings. And so I brought him in. So not only do my wife and I now go over our expenditures, but I have him as an outside voice. I've given him full authority and full reign, even though he's my client and you know, I pay him, um, man, you know, I've let him into my world and say, Hey, if I'm missing it here or if my budget's off or if there's anything, you know, over the years, he's been a good friend for 10 years too. So I know he's going to be my life. Um, I, there's been an honor. I feel like that the Lord is now giving me over the last three months. There's since I brought him in, there's an extra wind. If I can call it that there's an extra blessing that I feel from the Lord. And it's showing up already because I'm, I'm completely transparent in that realm of my life. And so, man, I'd encourage anybody to, to bring, bring people in to your, to your financial situation. It's embarrassing. Um, it's not fun. It's laborious, but I guarantee it will pay huge dividends. Um, if you just make yourself accountable. I love that, man. That is awesome. It's just having accountability over what we're doing. I love that. Um, Okay, so Jack, let's dive into kind of what God, I'm, I'm going way ahead, but what God's doing in your life right now and what that looks like. So um, you talked about several years ago, you heard Sean Bowles give a prophetic word about uh, buildings and stuff like that. And you had made the comment, you hated mortgage your whole life up until recently because you feel like now there's purpose behind what you do. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? Because we're all about purpose. And I think when... God gives us that spark or like this, Hey, like what you do matters. Talk about like how that's just revamped everything you're doing and what you're doing. Yeah. So good. Well, man, the greatest example is, uh, what's going on in, in Thomasville, Georgia right now, um, that I can, that I can speak to. So Thomasville, uh, is 30 miles North of Tallahassee. And country town, 20,000 people. So such a beautiful place. But Georgia is dishing out tax incentives and all these financial packages for filmmakers to come produce film. And so Marvel, for example, the, the Avengers, Black Panther, all those films are being done out of Atlanta because I don't know exactly what it is, but you can make films for about 20 cents on, on the dollar compared to what it is in, in Hollywood. Um, so, man, there's these cats. There's about 20 cats that have moved out to... Thomasville, Georgia, because they're going to create a kingdom film studio. Um, Cause right now there's all the money people in Hollywood. They just have, they just have their hands in the content. So even you can have a godly movie, a godly script, a, a godly cast, godly directors. And 
because if you want this thing launched on a large scale, they, they just have so much control. And there's, there's people like expression 58, like Sean that are in Hollywood that are making, uh, you know, headway in influencing the influencers of Hollywood right now. So praise God for that. And that, cause that's going to shift. But what they want to do in Georgia is basically, you know, start from scratch a kingdom studio. And then these, these are all accomplished uh, people that are out there. So man, there is a, their hope and their goal is to buy a massive piece of land um, with houses already on it. And we, we think we've identified it, but they're going to build effectively the next Hollywood on this land in Thomasville, Georgia. And I just got the cash for them. So I got a commitment for funds um, for us to pull it off. And so there's a lot of things that we're working towards this week's going to be very telling. You know, I met with the sellers, but now to see they couldn't get financing anywhere else. I mean, it's a, it's a, a big dollar amount. Um, but now to be able to contribute and put that together and to have something like where these high quality, excellent, like a plus films that are, you know, that are what the world is producing, frankly, right now. Right. Um, come out of this place that that the Lord and I, you know, co-labored to establish and it's going to go all over the world and it's going to get people saved. It's going to get people free. It's going to make impact on hearts. It's going to cause relationships to, to galvanize because that's just what Jesus does in anything that he's in. And he's going to be front and center in these movies through the arts. So, to, man, to, to have the privilege to participate in stuff like this is crazy. It's yeah, just, that is crazy. So, um, you know, uh, all of a sudden I'm fully alive. It's not, you know, I love, you know, helping people get into their homes and getting the mortgage stuff, but you know what, anybody, anybody could do that. And, and the fact is, is that to have this specific niche and space that, um, that we're, that we're rolling in right now, is, it, it feels surreal because it's not just going to be the studios, but it's going to be, um, it's going to be, you know, I feel like there, somebody's going to come out with, uh, an amazing idea for, for a school right now, our education system is ridiculous in California. I won't even go into it, but we just got a letter, um, in the mail two weeks ago talking about what they're going to teach my kids in fourth grade and I ain't having it. So yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, we got to do a lot of things better, but there's all these issues and every issue is an opportunity for the Lord's kingdom and, and people like you and, and everyone listening to, to come and, and be the change agent, be the answer to the issue. And that's going to take funds. It's going to take real estate. It's going to take um, creativity to do. And so, man, I feel like that that's what the Lord's going to use us for in, in, in the years to come. So I want to back up a little bit. So you've been doing mortgage and finance for years. And up until recently, you just feel like you got juice in it. I'm just curious what kept you going in that, that drought or that downtime. I mean, I know some of it, you can stay in it because the money's good. I've been there. I've had to do that before. I'm like, well, the money's good. I'll stay in it. But something's kind of got to give you a little bit of drive. And I'm just curious if, if the Lord spoke to you or if it was friends or what just kind of kept you going. Because you had, a, it sounds like a lot of years in between where you just did it just to do it. You know, it, I wish there was something more profound. But the fact was that I was banging my head against the wall daily saying, Lord, get me out. Lord, get me out. <laughs> okay. He's no more. And he said, just wait, keep going. I'm with you. My grace is sufficient type of, you know, type of prompting. And man, 
there was nothing other than that. And just the trust that, that, that kept me going, um, through, yeah. I mean, financial difficulties along, you know, being financially challenged in a place that emotionally I'm getting drained from, um, you know, it was, it was tough, but, but it was so worth it to hang on. Just, just listening to that voice. Um, you know, it, 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 it paid huge dividends, brother. Do you look back now and just see how many relationships that God had built and stuff like how all this, all the puzzle pieces are coming together and like all the relationships and friends and people like how, like now you're stepping into this, but had you not built certain key relationships over the last years, how this wouldn't have happened? Bro, man, I mean, the friends that I, that I've got because of, uh, largely because of, of business, um, it's just incredible. It's all, that's been the most valuable thing by a mile is, is the relationships that have been created that I would have not had. Um, if I didn't just, had you not stayed. Yep. Yeah. That's powerful. Okay. So Jack, I want to ask you, what do you feel like in as far as what you do, what or in just life, what do you feel like your biggest strength is? Man, I love people. I do. I just, uh, I love, love, love people. I'm, I'm definitely an ENFP for all you Myers-Briggs folks out there, but I'm an extrovert. Um, I feel heavy. Um, I, I perceive and discern what's, what's going on with people pretty clearly. So it allows a special grace for connection, which is where I thrive. Um, so yeah, man, the one, one-on-one with people is my, is my favorite thing. I mean, I don't mind speaking in front of crowds at all, but I, but there's something about friendship and, and connection that to me is the most important thing on the planet. Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to talk Myers-Briggs. Glad you brought that up. Would you say ENFP? Uh-huh. Okay. So what, uh, I think I'm an ENFP actually also now I'd kind of, it's been so long after I'm, e, I think I am an ENFP or, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that I am. I, I, now that you say that, I, th- I think I'm pretty sure. So um, I'm just curious, what is your weakness in that? Like, what are things that you have to struggle with? So we talk about like an over and extension of our strength, but what does that look like for you? Man, yeah, so I can I can start some things. I can get momentum going, uh, but man, I can leave, I can leave a wake of, of – of chaos if I don't have the right people around me just because I'm, I'm a charger and uh, definitely kind of a visionary that, that loves to, to run. Um, I'm an executor for sure, but I am, uh, I'm horrible in the details. And so a lot of boxes get left unchecked with me. And so what I've um, learned only recently, literally only recently, because I've blown situations recently as, as well, where I could have just led better. Um, and, and so the Lord is really just, you know, won't leave it alone that men I'm, I'm supposed to surround myself with opposites. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's kind of what, what, what I'm doing, like with my CFO, for example, and, um, some other people around me where I'm, where I'm weak, they are strong. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm endeavoring to do in this, in this next phase of life. So I was curious when you, uh, we were talking about, I'm an ENTP. Okay. So exploration and, and accuracy, but a lot of those kind of overlap as far as things you're talking about and saying, so I totally get it. And I think it's important. It takes a lot of maturity for me. It's taken many years to realize you do have to have opposites around you. 
because when I was younger and I'm sure if you go, uh, you're probably a high D personality maybe. And, uh, you're a leader. And what you realize is, is you think, well, I got the only idea I'm right. And, and when you're young and then you realize you hit so many roads and you're like, wow, I really screwed that up. And then, uh, you have a lot of years of, oh, wow, I screwed that up. And then you start realizing like the very people that you actually need around you or the people that you didn't want around you when you were younger, cause they annoyed you. At least they did me. So true. So true. Yeah. So now I realize I'm like, I can't do this without you. Like I can head this up. I can take charge. I can do it. But if you don't organize this for me and keep me on track, we're this, this ship is definitely going to sink. <laughs> oh, dude, there's, there's wreckage in Santa Barbara Harbor right now from me. Yeah. <laughs> from- <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, it takes, uh, yeah, it just takes listening to the Lord and sitting back and saying, okay, I need to surround myself with the right people. So, okay. Okay. So I'm curious, let's go into the Kung Fu round. And when I talk about Kung Fu, I'm talking about the gospel. Um, you, a lot like me are in business. We're all called to some sort or type of ministry, uh, but we're not all called to be behind the pulpit. And we're not all called to be on the street corner either with a sign. How does that look like for you in your life? How do you share the gospel as a businessman uh, or businesswoman? Um, but as a business person, how do you share the gospel without just being blatant sometimes? Like, I don't have to go ram it down somebody's throat to be an example for Christ. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, there, there's a couple ways that it, that it manifests, but um, to keep plugging Sean here it's the God this God secrets book is is probably uh, articulates um, better than anything else and helps better than any other resource that, that I, I read in terms of our approach and really what it is it's just loving people it's loving the, the person in front of you whether it be at Starbucks or in the boardroom it's like you, we go into conversations and we go into life with it how do I love this person in front of me and that's it and then when that happens there's there's open doors to encourage you can just, hey, man, I really love the way that you handled that situation. I felt like you were so honorable when you did this, this, and this. Whatever the case may be, just complimenting someone in the right way because you had a prompting from the Lord just impacts and it starts conversations. And so, you know, loving the person in front of you is is the most important thing um, on how, in how that manifests. However, pretty consistently and, you know, frequently throughout my life, there, when I, when I do that, there's, there's generally an opportunity to have the grace because I'm positioned in love because I've, I've honored in some way to actually share something about my testimony, something about Jesus go out of a, on a limb and, you know, prophesy to them in a, in, 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 in a way that's not weird. It's not sensationalist, but it's just normal. Yeah. Why don't you get into this? Say that real quick. Cause that that's really good for some people that might on our show, they'd be like, well, I don't even believe in prophecy. Some people will say, I do believe in it. Some people are going to, the only prophecy they've ever heard is old Testament. And they're like, thus saith the Lord. And then it gets weird. Yeah. Why don't you give me an example of like how you do that? Because I know what you're talking about and I love it. So it, give me like a, a, a story or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, a good one was, um, you know, I'm on the way back from, from, uh, Orlando and, uh, you know, this gal asked if she can sit next to me in the airport. We're at the gate and a connecting flight back to LAX. And I'm in, I'm in Nashville. And she's like, Hey, can, 
can I sit next to you? You know, it was the only chair open. I'm like, of course. Yeah. And when, when she sat down, um, man, there was just this kind of impression that, that, that I had that, um, that she went through a horrible trauma, um, four years ago, but the Lord was going to heal her today. And that's the, maybe not the best example because that one's kind of going out on a limb, generally not, you know, what I would say to somebody in, in Starbucks. Um, but this particular time I, I did. And, you know, there's about 12 people with an earshot that could hear me say that. And she just starts breaking down and crying. And she said, four years ago, my brother murdered my parents and then took oh his own my life. Gosh. Um, and then, so obviously like, you know, I start to start to tear up. She begins to, to share and she goes, you know, um, you know, the Baptists, you know, tried to try to take me to church and, you know, the Pentecostals. And now I've got this spiritist, you know, telling me that my brother's angry at me, you know, from the other side and my neck hurts. And man, so I'm just going to share this and you can edit, edit this out. But I mean, I'm, I'm in there at the airport and she's like, and I'm like, honey, that's, that's a lie. That's bold, bold face lie from the pit of hell that your yeah. brother's you from, from the other side, trying to lock you into shame and guilt. And, and that thing's, you know, is going to go right now. I go, give me your hand. I pray for her and her neck completely gets healed. And she goes, Oh my gosh, my neck's healed. And so now everyone's freaking out at the airport. Right. And, um, she goes like, what are you? Are you a pastor? Who, who are you? I go, no, I'm just a mortgage guy. <laughs> And her next healed, she's crying, and like all of a sudden, the atmosphere is light because Jesus has come. It's like when yeah. Jesus is in the room, things get get light. So it turns out she's the executive producer for Dateline for Jimmy Kimmel. She's a high end CBS exec that happens to you know be on a flight back to LA to see her nephew, uh, man. And so so we just start talking, and you know before you know it, it was one thing after another just started to come out in conversation, and I just got to I just got to honor. Her who she was, what she'd been through the tragedy, but really I positioned myself as a friend. Right. And so before you know it, um, we get back to LAX and, um, like she's so ripe to receive Jesus. Cause you know, part of it was where was God through all this? You know, I, I didn't know. I felt like he was away. And he was like, you know, my response is he was always right there. You know, I'm so sorry. And just apologetic and just being like, he, he never, ever left. It's like, we've got an enemy that deceives us. So long in the short, man, she, she receives the Lord at, at LAX and it's just this amazing, amazing time. But all that happened just because, you know, I try to carry my heart and I did in this situation in a position to, to just love people. Um, so yeah, so that's one of my favorite stories. Um, I got to, I got to share the gospel with, uh, real quick with the owners of one of the largest real estate companies in LA the other day because they were talking about stones and energy and where they get their power from. And I I was like, that's awesome. You guys, that's so cool. Let me tell you where I get my power from. I'm like, check this out. You know, I came to Jesus and it was crazy. And I started talking about testimonies about, you know, just what it did for, for my life. And you know, that there's no replacement for the gospel of Christ. And then one of the owners, there's three owners of this company, they go, I got saved in a John Wimber meeting in 1984. I need to start doing that again. And he was like, one of the guys that was talking about, you know, the stones and stuff. And so, um, uh, man, just being, being available to, to just be present in love with people. Um, they're all God's children, no matter where they're at right now. Um, they just don't, don't know it yet. Has really opened a ton of doors through the years and I'm excited to see what he's going to do. 
Uh, I love it. I was just thinking, I'm, I'm thinking out loud, but just thinking like, you think those stones got power? Just wait till Jesus shows up again, man. I mean, I, I just, I love that. Cause like you're talking about for that guy, like it came full circle. He said, you know, he went to a John Wimber thing in 84. It's just like, God constantly pursues us. Like that's what uh, 20, almost 30 years ago. And God's pursuing him still because of his deep, passionate love for him. And he doesn't know it yet, but God's like um, wooing him into himself, just using you as a reminder. You know, you're talking business and he's just like, man, I have never left you. I am still here. Amen. <laughs> right? I love that, dude. Chase this down, man. Constant. Okay. So um, why don't you, uh, as we kind of wrap up the show just real quick, I'm curious. Um, Jack, if you could go back to the younger you, what age would you go back to and what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, I think, you know, I'd, I'd go, I'd go back. I remember at a, at a young age, um, just kind of, you know, feel, feel, just feeling un, unloved really. And, um, I think when you don't feel specifically like you've got a father, your identity and worth gets challenged and the enemy tries to really do a number on you. So I'd go back to when I was 10, you know, on the baseball field, you know, coming in from a, from a game, I'd, I'd go, I'd go back to myself and I'd just say, man, you don't know how loved you are. And I'd hug him. I'd, I'd give him a big, long hug, and I'd stay there until he believed that he was loved, that he was valued, and that Jesus was just so with him, so cherished him. And that, man, that would have saved a lot of problems. <laughs> from that. <laughs> Amen to that, man. I love that. Just know that you were loved. Okay, Jack, as we wrap up the show, um, you gave yourself advice to a 10 to 12-year-old you. What advice would you give our listeners as, uh, as we depart? Man, the exact same advice. Uh, you are so valuable. You're so loved. You're so cherished that even if family, friends, and the natural don't honor you sometimes man know that jesus just gave everything he bankrupted heaven to have you you're that valuable amen to that it's funny you talk about that i've um you know i've been saved 20 years now and just been going on a journey um just feeling uh, i always thought i've i thought in my mind that i knew god's love and um and I had to write a chapter in my book about God's love and dude, Holy spirit just showed up and has rocked me those last 30 days of just what I thought my core beliefs and things that just weren't true um, of how I um, have just built walls in my life and not allowed people and not allowed God to love me uh, the way he intended. So appreciate you saying that. Cause I've been getting just uh in a good way, but I've been just getting hammered. <laughs> awesome. Love you that. Hey man, how do we, um, how do we connect with you as far as people just looking for understanding kingdom finance and business and things like that? If people want to find you and connect with you and just, uh, maybe just love your show and want to find out more about you. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, I mean, my, my email is jack at sb.capital as in Santa Barbara.capital, jack at sb.capital. 
that is the extension.capital. So you can go to www.sb.capital, check, check us out online as well. But, you know, if, if you guys feel like you've got, you know, a kingdom vision and lands and buildings are going to be required, um, love to talk, love to talk, dream with you, see if we can't figure something out. Awesome. Amen. All right, man. Hold on just a second, Jack. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Just honor what you're doing. I love how you love people and just how you're speaking into people. And then um, I'm just excited for what God is doing through you, through the financial world and business and stuff. So just want to honor you in that sense and just tell you, thank you so much for just being obedient to the Lord and what he's doing. Wow. And thank you so much. Thanks for everything, John. Privileged to be here. Thanks for having me on, bro. Absolutely. Roar Nation, I hope you guys love his stories. They're fun. Um, I love testimonies and what God's doing because God is just showing up in all areas uh, of people's lives. And right now, God is just um, teaming up and partnering with Jack uh, to change. Uh, hopefully, maybe that's even Hollywood and, and the financial world and things like that. I just I love that because God wants to be a part of all of these things and he can do anything uh, through us um, that are willing to partner up with him. So anyways, Roar Nation, I would love to hear your testimonies. Please uh, get on our Facebook and send us emails. Let us know what God's doing. I'd love to talk about them on the podcast. Love y'all. Just remember, be real, be authentic, and be you. God bless. That's all for this episode of Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You. Be sure to go to areyoureal.org for your free questionnaire to identify your gifts and talents and how you can use them to help people become leaders and catapult them into their destiny to help others become the leaders of tomorrow. We appreciate you spending your time with us and look forward to helping you reach out and revolutionize next time on Are You Real? Finding the Authentic You.